On today's show, James Harden officially introduced as an LA Clipper and had a lot to say, a lot of quotes that made headway on the internet. And in this episode, going to be breaking down the biggest takeaways from James Harden's introductory press conference on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vaziri, born and raised in L.A. And going into, or starting, just started, my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod or subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I was gauging opinions from Clipper Nation on how they feel about acquiring James Harden at the last game. Check that out on my channel and Locked On Clippers free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you thought of James Harden's comments that we're going to be discussing in this episode. And before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy entry app out there. Just go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So, without further ado, let's talk about it. James Harden. If you're wondering how I'm doing about all this, still not great, still a little bit all over the place mentally. Uh, I still am processing this all, and I cannot believe that James Harden is wearing a Clipper jersey. I will say he actually looks pretty good in it. I do think he looks pretty good in it. I think everybody looks good in a Clipper jersey. Not some of the bad designs that we've had, though, the last couple of years. The, the blue one is decent. The color's beautiful. But anyway, I think Harden looks good in the jersey, but I'm still not super pleased just because of my personal opinion of James Harden. But it's time to look at what he's saying and give him a chance. Everyone's saying for me to give him a chance. I, I'll give him a chance, but it's going to take some time, ladies and gentlemen, for me. Anyway, James Harden. Here's one thing that won't change, though. Whether I like him or not does not matter to you. It shouldn't matter to you because I'm still going to give you objective analysis. I'm not going to see it with, you know, hater goggles. And if I do, call me out on it when when he starts playing. My analysis is going to be unbiased. Even with my feelings about James Harden, if you go watch my own channel, I always kept it 100, at least I thought, with his game. But so the first thing that he said that I felt was really interesting and the major quote the major quote that was making its way everywhere was him saying I don't play in a system I am a system I am a system oh let's 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 unpack right so I had an initial reaction to it and everybody was telling me to watch the full video and, and see what he said in context well, I did. It didn't really change my opinion. When he says that, let's break things down, right? James Harden, when he went to Houston, he was their engine. He was their guy first couple of years. Then you added Mike D'Antoni, and he did exactly what he did with Harden, 
with Nash. He gave him the ball. He ran the entire offense through him. Ran a ton of pick and rolls. Basically high pick and roll every time down. Or pick and pop. And he maximized that player, Harden in this case, his talent by putting shooters around him and running high pick and roll, spread pick and roll every single time down, which maximized the shot quality of the Rockets. My problem with that style of offense is not enough ball movement. It all, it all comes from one guy. You know where it's going, even though it's hard to stop. And it, it, I remember the Clippers playing James Harden in his prime, and they had no answers for him at times. I remember a game vividly in 2017 on ESPN at Staples Center, and DJ was getting hunted on the pick and roll. Every time we switched, he got cooked off the dribble. Every time we didn't switch, Harden found a corner shooter for three, and Pat Bev, Ariza, Ryan Anderson, those guys were all hitting. I'm not sure if P.J. Tucker was on the team yet, but they were all hitting. So Harden is a pick and roll god. So they were able to run an offense where Harden was the system. He was literally the center controller of everything. And quite frankly, that system took them this close to beating the KD Warriors. Now the thing is, that James Harden is not James Harden anymore. He doesn't exist. But in Brooklyn, which is what everybody is comparing this fit to, he wasn't necessarily the system. He ran the show, he was still at the controls of everything, but he was not everything revolving around Harden. It was Harden is our point guard, but we're going to run some off-ball stuff here and there for Kawhi and Ky- I'm sorry, for KD and Kyrie. Harden's going to be the trigger man, and then we'll run some pick and rolls. And ultimately, when teams try to switch on us, we got three guys that can break you down one-on-one. Now, here's another thing. That Brooklyn James Harden that was in the MVP race is not even the James Harden that we're getting. He had a hamstring injury that really hurt him during the next season. So back to James Harden's comment about I am a system. He hasn't been the sole controller, the system itself, since he played for Dan Tony in 2020. He will not be that here with Ty Lue and the Clippers. There's no one sit player that runs our show like that. We have three star players, now four star players, depending on what you think of Russ. So there's not going to be one central controller. There's going to be a lot of distribution. And that's going to be the challenging part, right, is the distribution for the coaching staff and James Harden and the players themselves on the fly. But I'm going to talk about more about that in the next segment. Here were my initial thoughts on the, on the comment. He said, I'm not part of us. Let me, let me find the exact quote because I don't want to misquote the guy. But I know for a fact he said, I am a system. The direct quote is, I'm not a system player. I am a system. I don't like that quote. I don't like that quote. Everyone's like, well, he's not wrong. He Has he won a championship? That's what I'm thinking of, right? And don't give me that his teams haven't been good enough. His teams have underachieved at times because he has not performed when the when the going gets tough and the level of competition really rises and you're playing against championship caliber opposition, he falters at that last hurdle. He even did it in his prime. So I don't want to hear about, oh, yeah, he's right. The system, he, he did so well. No, we're striving for something bigger than that. But I wouldn't be too alarmed because he's not going to be the sole system. There's not going to be a system revolving around one guy like with Dan Tony. 
My issue is for him to say I'm not a system player, that's a weak thing. I don't like him saying that because if you're a great player to me, you should be able to adapt in any system. You should be, that's what you should be saying is I can adapt to any system, not I am the system. He's like, I'm a thinker of the game. You know what this translates to? I like the ball in my hands. I like to dictate things. I'm amazing with the ball in my hands. And, and he went on to say that in Philly, he felt like he was handcuffed or now that he now he's free, he was put on a leash. These are the terms he used to talk about Philly, where he just averaged twenty and ten and got and, and beat an MVP, and they were the third seed. And he's saying he was handcuffed. Do these comments surprise me? Not one bit, because I had a very good source from Philly tell me that James Harden's people would come up to him in the middle of practice and say that he was being held back by Embiid. And just being held back in general by the Sixers, which I find ins- I found that insane when I heard it. But you know what's crazy? I remember in 2022, but when Kyrie was out and the Nets were balling, Harden wasn't necessarily balling, but the Nets were. And I saw an article that someone was saying that Harden wanted a bigger role, like in Houston. And I was like, how does that make sense if he went to Brooklyn? Like, how does that make sense if he went to Brooklyn? They're winning. He has KD on his team. Like, what more does he want? But now hearing what he said about what I've heard about what he's what his camp is saying in Philly and now seeing what he's saying about the leash and all that. Does he want a bigger role? That's why I'm so confused, because he's playing with three other stars. And then he said, you know, he didn't I don't think he mentioned the word sacrifice, but he said we're all in it to win it. You know, it's all about the the collective goal, whatever it takes to win. I don't care if I score 15, 16 points a game. And coming up, I'm going to be talking more about that exact component, sacrifice. It's been used by a lot of people in the last couple of days. Let's look into James Harden's comments on sacrifice coming up. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy entry app out there. It's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this NBA season already. And here's how it works. All you got to do is just select two or more players Pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. And with the NBA season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, if you want to take Victor Wembanyama more and then maybe Patrick Mahomes more, you can do that with blocks plus receiving yards. Want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Go to prizepicks.com/lockedonnba and use code lockedonnba for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com/lockedonnba and use code lockedonnba for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Prize Picks, the best daily fantasy sports app around. All right. So let's continue talking about James Harden's comments and sacrifice. Anytime you put together a super team or a team with three or more stars, you need sacrifice. Mainly with the stars. The role players will fill in their roles accordingly. 
but it's the star players that need to sacrifice. And in James Harden's comments, he talked about the fact that we've all scored a lot of points, we've all had the individual accolades, but now it's time to put it together to win. And from his comments, he seemed to say that he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Shoot, catch, and shoot threes, not just always be on the ball. So he sounds like he's willing to sacrifice, even though I'm not sure if he used that word. It sounds like he's ready to sacrifice, but then he says things like, I'm a system, and I was put on a leash in Philly, when you average 20 and 10. I don't know what that means. This year, or this past season, James Harden shot twice as many catch-and-shoot threes as the previous two seasons. His frequency was about 6% of his shots were catch-and-shoot, and they became about 12 to 13% with Philly last year. And I'm almost positive a lot of those were Embiid gets doubled, you got Harden one pass away, or Harden on the kick out from Embiid shooting those shots. And he's always been pretty good at them, but he's not always willing to take them a lot. Chris Paul, LeBron James, who, by the way, in LeBron James's case, especially ever since they got Russ last season, he's been shooting them more. Even Kobe in his later years, certain guys are a little un- that are so good at shooting threes off the bounce are a little uncomfortable taking them off the catch. It's a different sort of shot. I was always better off the catch than off the bounce, even though I fancy myself a decent three-ball shooter off the bounce, but that's when I'm hot. You got to get me hot. James Harden is, I would honestly say, better off the bounce. That step back he has is patented. The extra step that he's kind of you know, brought into the game. That was considered a travel back in the day. You didn't even see that movie. If someone did that extra step, they would consider it a travel. But in, in the modern rules with the gather, it's illegal. It's a legal step back. So James Harden is really the pioneer of that particular move. Not the step back, but that extra step he takes. You know, it's kind of like a sidestep, like a pullback, hop. It's like a little hop he takes. That three ball, it feels more of a guarantee make than catch and shoot for James Harden but James Harden shot 42% from three on the catch and shoot last season he only shot 1.8 catch and shoot threes a game so about two catch and shoot threes a game he might need to tick that number up I'm just so curious as to how it's all gonna mesh because he says he's okay scoring 15 16 points a game okay that remains to be seen let's see let's see how his attitude is if he does it if it's 15 16 points that we're winning I hope he doesn't complain Because winning is what matters. It's not about your stats. As he's saying, you've already shown us you're a statistical god. In his prime, he had one of the most statistically crazy, honestly, just one of the best statistical players ever, especially in the regular season. Like, his stats were out of control. He's a numbers, like, stuffer. Like, he is a stat stuffer, James Harden. He can get you a couple steals. He can dime as well as anyone in the league. So my question is this. 16 points, what if you're not getting 10 assists, though? Are you okay with averaging 16 and 8 and 6 like Westbrook? Are you okay with that? I'm, I'm curious to see it. I'm just curious to see how Ty Lue's going to bring everybody into this. But my comments, or I'm sorry, Harden's comments and my thoughts on them, there was good and there was bad in my eyes, right? That's why I want you to tell me in the comments what you thought of him. The good being that he said things along the lines of, I'm a more versatile player than people think. Uh, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I want to be here. You know, it's all about winning together. And he's ecstatic to be a Clipper, which again, whether you wanted Harden or not, whether you think he was the answer or not, the fact of the matter remains that James Harden is one of the best shooting guards, best guards that has played the game, especially in this era. And 
he could have won more than one MVP. He won in 2017, but he finished second in 2015, second in 2017 when Russ won, second in 2019, and if I'm not mistaken, he finished third in 2020 and third in 2021. So, and that's, by the way, I didn't look that up for the game. That's off the top of my head because, you know, I don't just follow the Clippers. James Harden, I mean, his resume in the regular season especially is fantastic. And I, when I keep saying regular season, I don't want that to be twisted like I'm saying he can't play in the playoffs or he hasn't had amazing series in the past. He, in my opinion, has had a better playoff career than Westbrook. Maybe even better than Paul George. Maybe. However, the way he goes out sometimes is worse than all of them. Because he basically looks like he's given up. That's my biggest thing with Harden. Is he looks like he's given up in some playoff games. And there's a reason why 28 other teams didn't want a guy who was probably a top 25 player in the NBA last year. Average a double-double. And they still don't want to touch him. And a lot of that is the off-court stuff. Which again... I don't expect any crazy drama this season with Harden. I don't because if you look at the first season he goes to a team, there's never that much drama in the beginning. Brooklyn, they were flying. Not really flying, but they played 12 games together, and they were looking good in those games they played. And then in Philly, he was happy to be there. He was reunited with Maury, and he had Embiid, and the Sixers got a little better, and there was no complaints. Last year, it didn't seem like there was much drama going on. But when I hear things along the lines of when Stephen A. Smith reported that James Harden wants to lead the league in scoring again, I was like, what is he talking about? But then I'm hearing things like, you know, Philly media telling me that his camp was complaining. So when I hear James Harden say, I feel like I was on a leash, that backs up everything I heard. So don't act like this is breaking news that I'm, I'm telling you on this podcast and say, Darian from Locked On Clippers said that James Harden's camp was complaining about his touches or whatnot or whatever it may be. I'm not breaking nothing. I'm just backing up. I'm just telling you guys what I heard because now we have something that can back me up. All right. I always remember what I always said last season when I broke that whole thing about Ty Lue and the Marcus Morris thing. I said, I'm only going to say things on here with conviction when I get multiple pieces of evidence. So as far as the sacrifice thing, we just have to see. Do I think James Harden's going to come in and start chucking? No. I also want to say something about what Bones Highland said on Friday morning. He said he gets a lot of assists. That shows he's not selfish. There's a huge misconception about the fact that getting assists makes you an unselfish basketball player. Because I myself, I keep relating this to my own personal anecdote. I don't know how many times I've told this story on here, but on Dime Dropper, I tell it all the time. I was the kid that was obsessed with getting assists, and I thought I was the most unselfish person in the world because when you're a kid, everybody wants to put the ball in the basket. Everybody wants to score. After a game, all your friends ask you, how many points have you scored? So it makes it seem like that's the most important thing. I never cared. I was one of those kids that always wanted to assist, but I started realizing that I myself became selfish because when you want to assist every time, you want to lead to the basket. And when there are guys that you play with that can kind of get their own, sometimes you need to take a step back and say, oh, this guy's not just somebody that needs me to score or needs me to create for them to score. They can create their own. So at times, the biggest sacrifice is not having the ball in your hands, finding other ways to help guys out. And in my opinion, we have this conception now in basketball with just because a guy passes and gets assists like Harden or even Westbrook at times in the past means they're unselfish. I disagree. The ultimate sacrifice 
is by not having the ball at all and finding ways to adapt. And that's going to be the challenge for this foursome, especially when they're on the court together. And coming up, the main thing, can we even trust what James Harden's saying? Do I even believe that he's going to sacrifice? Do I even believe that he's okay averaging 16 points? Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because FanDuel is the best place to place all your bets. And right now, so many sports in the mix. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. The Clippers title odds are now the fifth highest on FanDuel, so go place your bets on the Clippers to win the title. We have the top talent. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So the final piece. Can we trust it? Can we even trust what James Harden is saying about sacrifice, about that he's okay averaging 15, 16 points a game? It's all about winning. You want to hear my answer? I don't trust anything he says. Here's why I'm saying that. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say this is a clean slate. And here, as as a member of the Clippers, this is your first press conference. This is your first time at Clipper Jersey. You're a clean slate. Everything you did in the past is gone. Nah. I'm sorry. When you're, you know, when you have a girl in your life, or it could be a guy, and they're extremely toxic, and you keep giving them chances to show you that they're not, and they keep repeating the same things, same tendencies, why should you believe them when they say they're going to change? That's how I feel about Harden. Maybe he changes. Maybe he changes. And I'm not going to say that Harden hasn't adapted at all, ever. In Brooklyn, he did adapt. He, his shot attempts went down by like six, and he took that into Philly, right? He's going to have that similar role here with the Clippers. But we may even need less from him. That's the thing. He's now playing with two players that are better than him, plus Westbrook. Plus Westbrook. That's the thing. So here's why I don't trust Harden and what he's saying. He says it's all about winning. Like that's, that's my main focus. If that was really your main focus, then why'd you leave Philly? Because you wanted to get paid. You wanted to get paid. You had a good chance of winning in Philly. Embiid, as injured as he gets in the playoffs, he probably is closer to getting to the Eastern Conference Finals than the Clippers are in the Western Conference Finals because of the injury stuff. So don't tell me your number one goal is winning. First of all, if his number one goal was really winning, he would have stayed in Brooklyn and waited until KD got healthy again and they would have ran that uh, trio again in the playoffs. But he bailed because the front office was being weird, and I get it. They don't want to extend him. That's really what this comes down to is Harden wants to get paid, which makes me think maybe he will do what we ask. Maybe he will lock in on defense the whole year. Okay, lock in on defense is excessive, but play with effort, right? Play with effort defensively, not be a slouch, which I've seen him do. And last year in the regular season, I thought he was fine. It's not even that he's a defensive liability. I just think that as one of your star players, the lack of effort at times on defense, even in the playoffs, is just very concerning. When you're comparing him to the GOATs, though, not when you're comparing him to, like, Reggie Jackson or something, 
You know what I'm saying? Because Harden, we're going to switch a lot, right? And Harden is not a guy you can just bully. That's where he's good because he's so strong and he's got good hands. So he might get some steals in the post, but it's that perimeter defense. That's where if you're another team, I would put Harden in the pick and roll and target him over and over. Him and Westbrook. The thing is with targeting Westbrook is he takes it very personally when people do that. So then he starts chasing and blocking guys from behind. It's like when Westbrook is like takes things personal when they try to target him or someone tries to post him up, he has this vengeance in his body language. It's hilarious. That's what I love about him. Harden, nah. But he can hold his own against bigs. Just, just remember I said that on here. Here's why I don't trust Harden. So yeah, he wants to get paid. But that makes me believe he's going to buy in. Listen, I don't think Harden's not going to buy in. I, I want people to, to, uh, to really understand what I'm saying here. I don't think that Harden's not going to buy in. He wanted to come here. He has no choice. He has to buy in. My thing is, how much are we going to really make him change? Are we going to have Harden cutting and setting screens off the ball? If I see that, then I'll be like, oh my God, Ty Lue is a miracle worker if he can get him to do that. But I think we're going to just have James with the ball in his hands because that's what he's good at. He's what he's great at. My issue is, what does that do for Westbrook? Does that have him off the ball more? I know he's shooting 39% from three so far. How sustainable is that number? And is it going to go up? Because the thing is, Westbrook could be shooting 45% from three. The defense is not going to respect it. They're going to let Westbrook shoot over and over. And with Harden at the top of the key, they're going to do the same thing. The one guy I think Harden's going to help the most is Zubats, but I'm going to get more into that on the Monday show. So besides the fact that he wants to get paid, and I don't think that winning is his number one priority. Listen, if winning was his number one priority, his body language wouldn't be this, the same when he plays in the playoffs. So I know winning is not as high on his priority list as he might make it seem or as other players around the league. Not to say he doesn't want to win, though, right? When people say Harden doesn't want to win, that's, that's, an, that's a hyperbole. I, I, I think everybody wants to win. I just think there are other things that are higher on his priority list. Here's another reason I don't trust him. Going into the 2021-22 season, he literally said at a Mets game, he goes, healthy James Harden, scary hours. And then we watched the season and he says, I never was 100%. My hamstring never fully healed. Kevin Durant was saying that, like, there was rumor that Kevin Durant didn't like the way he came into camp. So that just made him look silly for him to say scary hours and then uh, not be healthy at all by his own accord. And then last season... In, in media day, he said he lost 100 pounds. 100. That's clearly not true. 100 pounds? So what were you, 310, 320? Because no, you were not 300 pounds. So again, I don't trust anything James Harden says. Like it, it, His actions will speak louder than their words. And by the way, two things before I get off. One, apologies for the, for the alternate background. I'm obviously not at home. I'm out of town right now. But I, and the audio, right? If the audio sounds weird to you, it's because I'm literally recording on my phone. I don't have my mic, but I still wanted to get a show out for you guys because this is big news. And as much as it pains me to talk about it as somebody who was very much against getting Harden on board, I'm a Clipper fan. And this is Locked On Clips, five days a week. You already know how it is. So I'm going to bring you as much as I can, even under the circumstances. But Harden's got to prove it with his actions. And it's not even about his regular season actions for me. It's the playoffs. Because in the regular season, I think Harden's going to be really good. I think the Clippers' offense is going to be top 10 easily. Easily. With the firepower that we have. And I'm going to get more into the actual pros of Harden on the basketball court. Because I feel like I've talked so much about the cons. I'm going to get into the pros on the Monday show. But that's all for this one. By the way, I know this is not the most positive time to be listening to me. Because of my particular lens. 
there are other Clipper fans out there that have a totally different lens than me. I'm not saying don't listen to me anymore. But I'm just saying this is not going to be like the Westbrook thing for me. Westbrook, I was very resistant, but I was so ready to be proven wrong because I was such a, I'm such a Westbrook fan. I love Westbrook. Like, I've liked him since UCLA. Harden, I'm not his biggest fan. So I'm going to be very apprehensive of, of him saying things. Saying things means nothing to me. He needs to show me. Anyway, that's how I feel. What do you think of the comments? Let me know in the comment section. Locked on Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and hit the notification bell so you can get LA Clippers content five days a week. And of course, for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more. Check out what Clipper fans are saying about Hard. Uh, check out what Clipper fans are saying about Harden. I asked them at the game and they gave me their, their responses, so check it out. The age-old proverb continues. Have a great weekend, Clipper Nation. Go Clippers.